The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast with me, your host, Ger McCarthy. In this week's episode, we speak to Cork LGFA senior head coach Paddy O'Shea as the inter-county season looms large on the horizon. We also catch up with LGFA under-14 manager Lisa Walsh on the disappointment of missing out on a Munster final appearance due to COVID-19 restrictions. And we finish by looking back at St. Michael's historic Junior D County football final success, including reaction from management and players. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. The Cork senior footballers are busily preparing for their upcoming All-Ireland Championship LGFA Group 1 fixtures against Kerry and Cavan. Head coach Paddy O'Shea took time out from a recent intensive training session to speak to the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast ahead of the Rebels opening two games. Uh, Paddy O'Shea, these are very, very different times for inter-county players but also for inter-county management because with COVID and with restrictions and with what might be coming down the line or not, is it a case that you just continue preparing as normal? Uh, and that's all you can do in the current circumstances and build towards those that carry in Kevin games yeah well the thing is we're trying to keep it as normal as we can basically but we'll say ordinarily in, in, in ordinary circumstances if we're training on a Wednesday we've the session done on a Monday planned out we know who's going to be there the girls fill out their calendars so we know exactly who we have and who we don't have available for the session on Wednesday and Friday and the following Sunday whereas now the goalposts move every day so we have a list of players on a Monday by Wednesday that list is very very different same on Friday, same on Sunday. So there's a lot of moving around, but look, every team is in the same boat. We have to t- just manage it as best we can and make sure we manage it better than there. You've got a very big squad, um, no more so than any other inter-counties panel, but you've got a very talented squad. Um, what are you kind of looking for to these early stages of the training sessions? Um, we have a very big squad, and basically we're going to need that big squad because, as, as I say, certain players aren't available for whatever reason on certain nights. But we need to be able to be as competitive as we can in training. So we want to train at a level that we're going to play a championship at rather than train at one level and then try and hit a switch and bring it up two notches for championship. Or we need our training session, or games in particular, like this one this morning, to be at championship pace, which it was. And the only reason you're going to have that is by having a big panel and by creating a lot of uh, competition. And I think you saw that this morning there. There was nobody holding back in that game. That was championship pace. like. That's one of the hallmarks of Ify's reign and your involvement as well. You've done that from day one. Like Everything is competitive and you are playing for that jersey every time you turn up. Yeah, 100%. And like we'll go play a championship with 15 players. We might use five subs as 20 players. But when we get to win on that day, that won't be down to the 20 players who played. That's going to be down to the, the other 10 who are sitting down and the other five or six or seven who weren't even talked out on the day. Now that's, that's a tough ask to ask those players to put in all the same effort as everybody else and not be able to guarantee him some game time on the big day. So... We're lucky in that the group we have are all buying into that now as the, as the weeks go on more and more they're buying into it that it's it's about the full panel it's not about the first 15 or the first 20 or first 25 even. Um, as well as that because you're building up to a specific set of games and you have dates on those games currently and that hasn't changed does that make it easier then to plan? I know you're talking about you don't know who's actually going to be there on the time but from your point of view and for planning out the sessions um, because you've got specific dates does that make it easier just to build towards those? Yeah it does certainly we have specific dates and we have specific opposition as well which definitely helps um, we're going to play our own style of football no matter who we come up against so like it's not as if we're going to prepare one way to one team, one way to another team. We're going to play our own style, and we're going to hope that oppositions have to react to us rather than the other way around. Obviously, there are certain things we'll have to tweak um, depending on oppositions. But um, as I say, we're going to try and impose, impose our own game on teams. How do you feel the 
player like the club calendar I know an inter-county calendar has worked out I know there's some teams still involved like Valley Rovers and a couple of other clubs in Martina with Clannacilty um, they're still involved in Munster Championship we don't know when they are going to be played but has it worked out do you think it's it's a gore that you'd have a club championship and an inter-county championship and give you a proper lead in time with the players well initially when we heard that there was going to be Munster Championships played this time of the year well we had a short window anyway to prepare for championship you know we weren't very, ple- we weren't very pleased with that news um, the fact that it's been pulled and pulling no punches on that it's going to suit us down to the ground because we have a full select of players for every training session it's very fair it's very unfair on those players that they're in that situation that they don't know what's coming around the corner and as I say just like training for the sessions the goalposts keep on moving and every single week every single it's day by day now there's something there's some bit of news coming up that's making us change our plans in some way and that's just a, not, not just management that's players as well um, you know what to expect from both of the opposition. I mean, you've seen you've played Kevin last year. You know all about Kerry. Like, I mean, in terms of your preparation, do you hone in on the first game, or are you just doing your own thing and making sure that you're sharp enough when the time comes around for those games? Yeah, it's 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 next session at this stage. The way things are, we're planning on it. As I say, one day at a time. So, our next biggest um, hurdle is Wednesday night's training session. Then it'll be Friday, and then we have a couple of challenge games lined up, which we which we hope to will go ahead. Um, but again, as I say, the goalposts keep moving, but. We're really just focusing on ourselves. That's all we can do. Um, when the Kerry game comes around, that'll be that'll be our biggest, um, our biggest hurdle at the time, and we'll jump over that, and then we look straight towards Kevin. The Cork Under 14 LGFA squad were scheduled to play a Munster final against Kerry this weekend. Unfortunately, recently introduced level three restrictions put pay to manager Lisa Walsh and her squad's hopes of finishing off a COVID-affected campaign with an eagerly anticipated clash against the Kingdom. It's been a difficult year for the Cork Under-14 inter-county footballers, but Lisa Walsh tells us that there is much to look forward to in 2021 and beyond. So Cork Under-14 manager Lisa Walsh, unfortunately uh, we're speaking today not about an upcoming Munster final that we were hoping for uh, for the Under-14 grade, inter-county grade. Unfortunately COVID has put paid to that, but obviously there's disappointment on, on the management side, but I'd imagine even more so on the players. Yes, sir, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, we've only got the notification um, less than a week ago now, with, a, with just over 10 days, which was three train sessions we'd left to our Monster Final against Kerry, which was supposed to be played on the 17th of October. Um, so we got it through the Monster Secretary that um, all underage inter-county had been cancelled uh, in Monster. Now, the other um, parts of the country weren't actually having any finals because um, they had stopped a lot uh, sooner than us um, back in March. So we had started it, so I think that's why we were given the opportunity to get a monster final out of it. But again, uh, there's huge disappointment within the management team and obviously all the girls, because even through um, the hard times of COVID, when we were uh, in the March, March till September, the only thing that kept them going really was the fact that once we got back playing, that we had a, a monster final to go to. Yeah, it's hugely disappointing, not just for your own age grade, but for the other inter-county age grades in Cork and outside. And you did manage to get one round of games completed, one blitz uh, completed, and that went very well for you, Lisa. Um, yeah, it did. It went very well. Uh, we managed to get uh, our game against um, Tipperary, um, played in Mallow, and on the same day we played Waterford, uh, winning both games. So we started, uh, obviously, the first round on a high. Um, our next game was due to be played um, against Limerick and Kerry and Clare, which uh, at that point didn't go ahead. Um, can you just give 
an idea of the amount of time, work and effort, especially when for this particular group of under 14s, when this whole process started to whittle down a final squad, how long ago that started and the kind of the numbers and the number of sessions and everything that was involved? Um, so it started back in June uh, 2019 with um, a development, under 13 development squad, which was selected out of the four divisions. So at that point, the girls would have been trialling, say, a few weeks before that to make the development team. Um, after that, uh, they went on and they played a few games as the under-13 development squad for Cork, um, where at that point then we, we started the trials for each division, um, which was two trials per division, and following that, we had callbacks um, from each division, which we still had about 100 girls. So overall, we were looking at probably a, a good turnout for this year's uh, squad. I think it was about 350 girls from all over the country. That's phenomenal, and it's it's it was reflected in the 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 range of players from the different divisions um, within this year's under fourteen squad. There was a good squad, a good spread of players from mid, west, east, and north Cork, and a very talented bunch as well. I would say you'd agree. So it, it was very hard because the talent actually was very high. I've been involved in um, prior years to this, and I again there was girls this year that we would have to drop just because of the numbers, um, that would have definitely made a Cork team if it was two or three years ago. So that was a huge bonus for us because the 33 girls that we did select at the end, um, they were they were definitely elite. Um, and there was probably another 20 or 30 girls that we could have taken as well that were just nearly as good, but just didn't make the final cut. So um, that was very positive, I suppose, going into the start of the year. Plus the girls had played at that stage for a few months by the time the panel was picked. Um, so they kind of started to gel. I suppose over the COVID and stuff, um, we never lost contact with them. Um, we gave them training programs and we did different various things like marathon runs and skills competitions through obviously uh, Zoom sessions and through obviously communication through phones and stuff. So um, they, they were always positive. And that's why, why it comes, I suppose, as a bigger uh, state to them that in the last few months they've developed more mentally and physically but we just didn't get the matches to reflect how good they were. Lisa, as, as true as that is, what's next for these players in terms of they're moving on from under 14, but what is on the horizon for them? Let's think positive that things will have cleared up early in the new year. Let's hope so anyway. Um, if if that is the case, what what's on the career path or the footballing career path for the girls that you were in charge of this year, the under 14s? Well, there has been talks over the, the, the last number of weeks in relation to what um, kind of scheduling and what kind of um, system will they use next year um, from Cork Park. They have gone on to all the different uh, say country counties and they have a, they have put a few proposals to them. So um, there will be definitely something for the girls for under 14 this year. It will either be a, an under 15 development that they might have to file for to make um, or some of them might make the under 16 squad um, for 2021. Um, so that's two options. If that's, if that's the way they're going, if they're staying under 14 and 16. Now, um, there's talks about an under-15 and under-17 championship. Um, in lieu of what happened this year, obviously the girls didn't get um, their time out on the pitch. So if that goes ahead, then that's another option. That's another avenue they can go down. But again, um, obviously, safety is priority at the moment in the country. And still we know what's going on. Later in the year, that won't be decided. 
Well, that's that's a bit of a good news and a bit of positivity for those players that there's something to aim for next year. Hopefully that the the ideas that have been put forward to the Ladies Football Association will come true and that they'll get to see ample game time at the older age grades. But from your point of view, Lisa, the clock doesn't stop and the wheel doesn't stop turning because no sooner are we out of one uh, truncated and you know uh, an, a season ended ahead of time, you're already in the throes of the under-14 setup for 2021. Yes, yeah, so there was uh, obviously we wanted to get ahead of the game in Cork. Um, I'm not sure about other counties at the moment, but um, the Cork County Board have been exceptional with uh, listening to our proposals and stuff. So we proposed that the under 14 uh, trials, because of huge numbers at that age um, in the county, that we would start the trialing uh, in each division um, prior to obviously the new schedule being in place. So we were going to be ahead of the curve. So um, what we did was we held uh, up to date. We started um, to, um, doing trials with two divisions. We got through two divisions, which was North Cork um, and uh, also Mid Cork. And they were both held, kind of obviously keeping COVID in mind with 30 on the pitch at a time. So we kind of had more planning to do in that regard because we couldn't invite all the girls at the same time. So we had to tell them, depending on their positions and stuff, that the club sent in. So there was a lot of effort put from the clubs to the secretaries and then from the secretaries to the divisional board and then to the Cork management team. So that was all going on in the background. And uh, in event of that, we had two, we went through two divisional trials. And uh, obviously the, the standard again um, going on last year is, is phenomenal in the, in the county at the moment, uh, underage. So we were very impressed with the first two divisional trials. We didn't get to go to West Cork or East Cork, which were scheduled for this weekend um, in the coming weeks. But again, uh, we, we have a good start. We have a base to build on we have a plan in place so once we get the go ahead hopefully um, you know by Christmas or just after it hopefully um, that we will we will be in a good position to you know pick up again where we left off The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm St. Michael's rounded off a terrific campaign by claiming this year's Cork LGFA Junior D County title following victory over Rockbourne in CIT the winner's triumph was built on midfield duo Haley Ryan and Caitlin Hickey, who got through a huge amount of work and contributed 1-3 between them. At the back, twin sisters goalkeeper Sophie and fullback Chloe Lynch denied Rockbond numerous scoring opportunities. All four St Michael's players spoke to the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast shortly after winning the county trophy. But first, we'll hear from long-serving manager Margaret Flaherty. Margaret Flaherty, as County finals go, and as occasions go, it was a very different one for St. Michael's, but you came out on top at the end. Really tough battle with Rock Bond, but you must be absolutely thrilled with your players' efforts. Oh, it was incredible, really. I mean, from the, the word go, first 10 minutes, Rock Bond looked imperious. I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a long afternoon. But slowly we built into it and we, we got a bit of momentum. We got a goal in the first quarter that really kind of set us up. Went in in the quarter one, having played with the wind, all square, really good position from our point of view given that we played poorly sort of really got a, a foothold in in the second quarter and it was kind of looking good you know sort of two goal advantage and that knowing we were facing into the wind I think the wind died a little bit in the third quarter we had a number of opportunities really to pro- possibly close the ga- game out didn't take them and then as you'd expect from such a class team as, as, as Rock Bond and some superb players they came at us and came at us and they got you know two goals we'd be disappointed to concede but you know fair play they con- converted their opportunities and then it was hell for leather till the end and you know Haley getting the sin bin and that and you're thinking oh gosh you know such a, a, a terrier up and down the field that you're thinking mm. 
are we going to be able to, to, to hold the gap? And thankfully we did. Um, the fitness levels of your team were really on, on show today. They had to be to beat Rock Bond, but you had your full forward line back in the half back line towards the end. There was players all over the pitch. Positions didn't really seem to matter as it was coming towards the end, but really good fitness levels to do that for full 60 minutes, more than 60 minutes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we have a few of the girls that are involved with uh, with Cork and Mogie and, you know, they've been terrific leaders for the team and they've pushed it on. But, you know, it's, it's everyone and, and the girls themselves recognise that, you know, it's not easily won and you really have to work at it and I think it was it, was it fitness was it uh, uh, adrenaline it was everything all combined that effectively drove them on and kept them going right till the end and that and as you say you know at one stage I looked up I think you know we were playing a very high line we had one inside in the full forward line and we had about 40 uh, metres of green grass between her and, and, and the rest of the green jerseys but anyhow thankfully we managed to hold the ball to the end and, and do the business on it Joint captain, uh, joint captains of the uh, winning uh, County Junior D champions for 2020, St Michael's, Sophie and Chloe. Chloe sorry, Chloe, uh, you're, you're standing next to me here. Um, first of all, hearty congratulations. This is a fantastic day for St Michael's. Very important that you win a trophy at the end of such a, a weird year, I would imagine. But great for you and great for your team. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It's been a long road. A couple of months ago, we wouldn't have expected anyone to be even out in the pitches. So sure, it's great even to be out playing. And sure, we've been training hard all year. It was great. We're delighted. With the win, working up to us, yeah. You had a tough from Rock Bond today, and you, especially a couple of occasions, more than a couple of occasions, you threw yourself at a forward coming in to deny them a goal. That last one, you got injured. How are you? Are you okay after it? Yeah, I'm grand. It's a bit swollen, but the ice pack got lost in celebrations, so might might get put back on later. We'll see how hard the party is. <laughs> yeah, but Rock Bond gave a great game. In fairness, sure, you, you couldn't have asked for better opponents. Um, yeah, and I think we were a bit of the underdogs, and we just brought it that extra mile today, and it was great stuff by everyone uh, your joint captain and your twin sister in goal so if you put in a terrific performance you had to make some important saves there early in the first half just when Rockbourne were getting on top had they gone in we could have had a different outcome yeah definitely the game could have gone either way today really I think we were lucky um, coming into it we knew they were a very strong team we were prepared to give it our all we were ready from the get go so yeah I think that's that's what gave us the leg up today we were just ready from the start um, yeah there was a few saves could have could have gone either way really and we had a few unfortunate goals then in the second half but sure it went our way in the end so it was great yeah, just about that unfortunate goal. Was it you got the last touch there, fullback? Jeez, don't mention the war. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure, it bounced off the crossbar. I think no one, no one expected it, but we came back anyway from it, and that's what matters most. You always say you scored a goal in the county <laughs> final, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Sophie, just finally to you, we've already spoken to some of the players about just what how much this means to St. Michael's, because you were coming in as kind of underdogs today, Rock Bonnie been in the final last year, they knew a lot about this grade, but you played superbly, everyone throughout from 1 to 15, and everyone had to put in a shift at different times when you were down to 14 players. Yeah, exactly. Um, we all came here today, we didn't know how it was going to go, and we just put, all our, we put our all in, and it really could have gone either way, and it's such a reward for all of us we're quite some of us are young and there's quite an age gap between the players so there like there's there was some communication people thought that we wouldn't be good but we've really bonded as a team and I think we played very well today and I, th I think it shows on the pitch how how strong we've bonded seeing as we're training all the time we put in so much effort so yeah it's just a great word to the end of a great season yeah and lovely for the club, lovely for your supporters. There was none officially here today. There were a few spotted, you know, through the trees and stuff. But for the club as a whole, this is really a good, good end to, uh, as I said already to, to your twin sister, a, a weird year. 
Yeah, it was very strange, Angela. We didn't know would we be training, would we be playing matches, didn't know if the whole thing would be called off. But yeah, we're just happy to be out on the pitch again. Um, no matter what happens, we're we're just delighted to be playing and great that we had such a good game. And yeah, just training matches, whatever, we're all ready to go and this will give us another boost now for next season. Hayley, congratulations. St. Michael's are county champions. Fantastic effort from yourself and your teammates. You must be absolutely delighted. Yeah, we're over the moon. As you can see, all the girls looking at us there. We know we're, we're very, very happy. Thank God we got to, we got to win. Um, you were off for a few minutes and you came on and you got the final point. You must have been happy with that just to get one back and to make sure of the, make sure of the victory. Yeah, I think as soon as I went off, I was trying to come back on and I lost my voice in the meantime. But um, no, I was delighted to get the last, kind of, the last minute and we got pushed over the line, thankfully. Um, what does this mean, to, not just to your team, but to the club, to win a, another trophy and to move up the ranks? It's huge. I think a couple of years ago, like we were, we were quite successful. We were winning, you know, junior C, junior B, and unfortunately, we lost a good few players. So we were kind of we were out of the picture there for a bit. But so we're kind of on the building process now again. So to get the, the win last year and to win again this year, it just shows that you know we're we're, we're coming back up and um, hopefully we can keep going. Yeah, the dazzles are back basically. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, your midfield partner there, you had a big challenge today in around the middle of the park. It was a real tough battle with your oppo- opposing players. Yeah, it's probably the toughest we had now all year, I'd say. Um, they didn't make it easy for us at all, at all. They just kept running like so. Um, but we just had to dig in there in the end. And when Hayley decided to make it a bit harder for ourselves, uh, we had to dig in even more. So, But we got over the line anyway. Um, you got to play in a fantastic pitch and then you know, in front of an empty stand, albeit an empty stand, but with live stream as well. So a lot of people behind you. Um, it must have been, uh, for, for in terms of the quality of the pitch and in terms of the location, great to see ladies football again being given that opportunity. Oh yeah, 100%. And there's a few uh, faces over the fence there as well. So uh, it was nice to see them too. But yeah, the pitch was in perfect condition as well. So um, we, couldn't ask, we couldn't ask for better. And just from your own point of view, I mean, you, you were put you put through the ringer now by Rock Bond today. You had to really dig deep. He, he did well in the second quarter, got a couple of goals. But even into the final couple of minutes there, it was still in the melting pot. Oh, 100%. They didn't take the foot off the pedal. like, and They just kept running at us and tackling us and everything. But um, just thankfully, we just got over the line. That's it for another Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Valerie Wheeler, Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.